0: Cape Cod and the Islands. Welcome back to episode 59 of the Cape Pod Sportscast. Wesley Sykes, Rich McClone here, as always. Give me some 59s, Rich. All
1: right, uh, I did a little dig uh, deep. Deep diving? Deep deep diving, yeah, thank you very much. Deep digging? This is my favorite one I found. Okay. I think you're old enough to remember this guy. Uh Uh-oh. One of the biggest busts in in Patriots draft history.
0: Ooh. Andy Katzenmoyer. Andy Katzmor was was he a BC linebacker? I think it was Penn State. Okay. Oh, okay. Linebacker, you? Yeah, I believe so. Mm-hmm. And he, Did he break his neck. Or Ohio yeah.
1: State? Maybe that's Ohio
0: State. I think you're right. I think you're. I think it is Ohio uh, State. But State. Yeah.
1: Had yeah. He might be right. He might have had a broken neck uh, or broken uh, like, a like vertebrae, vertebrae or, something. or something. Yeah. But even before he got hurt, he came into the league with all the hype in the world. I'm he sure. was like Bosworth 2.0. And it kind of played out the same way.
0: Well, you know, you, you get what you pay for. So, you pay for what you get.
1: I thought that was a good one. Uh, it is definitely more of a linebacker and defensive end type yeah. number. Uh, so, uh, one of your favorites, Marquise Flowers.
0: Oh, love Marquise Flowers. Yeah, uh, not to be confused with Trey Flowers. No,
1: no, he was the lesser of the Flowers. Hmm. Well, uh, oh, Trey, Marquise, Marquise. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, how about Roosevelt Colvin?
0: Oh yeah, loved Rosie.
1: Rosie and uh. Vincent Brown,
0: okay, who was a okay. you
1: know a stalwart for probably like six or seven years uh, on the, as a linebacker, not a star, but he was good, yeah, serviceable. Uh, Luke Keekley love him, and I go to hockey. My um, yeah. my world. Jake Gensel,
0: okay, of the uh, Pittsburgh uh, of, Penguins. Of course, of course, who doesn't know Jake Gensel? <laughs> this this he's, guy, half of this room does. He's a pretty
1: good player. <laughs> uh, Danny Trevathan. Okay. From the
0: Bears. Sure.
1: Uh, and I'll go have a little heartbreak for you.
0: Oh, boy. 2003 Red Sox. Oh, 2003 Red Sox? Todd Jones. Todd Jones. Yeah, relief pitcher. Oh, and he was, oh, I have him on here. Yep. I re- He was on the 03 Red Sox? Yep. I only re- remembered him from the Tigers. No, he played on the 03 Red Sox. He was a relief pitcher.
1: And oh, man. Probably should have been in the game instead of uh, Pedro in Game Six.
0: Yeah, or or Tim Wakefield,
1: or uh, <laughs> oh gosh, I'm blanking on names, but yeah,
0: Alan uh, Embry was it? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah, Alan Embry, Heath Embry. Like yeah, they, person, I get right? confused. Yeah, uh, outside of Tardio, I have a short list. I got Jack Ham, Hall of Famer, Pittsburgh Steeler, for you. Carlos Carrasco, ooh, good uh, one, starting pitcher, Cleveland Indians, Guillermo Moda former closer i believe i believe he was on the the marlins big fan of people teams. named guillermo yeah yeah big big fan of guillermo also big fan spring sports it's spring sports time man spring and sprung on cape cod beautiful weather albeit uh very gusty but the sun's been out the sun has been out we've only
1: had like no one...
0: no surprise no, no we
1: did have rain on wednesday yeah or... but the rain's to be it's april showers yeah that's so... to be expected Which was a pain for me because it rained Wednesday, early in the day. And then, yeah, it just became beautiful out. Yeah, and of course, they canceled everything, though, so... Well, if you don't have, you know, field turfs, it's tough. This is true. I had 11 games yesterday.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, you think it's tough for us... Imagine being the state or the school administrators trying to schedule that many referees when everything pretty much got canceled on Wednesday. Yeah. On top of everything that's occurring on Thursday, everything gets pushed back. Yeah.
1: A day. I was over visiting with Matt Treveri at Mashpee High School yesterday while mm-hmm. he was dealing with that exact issue with oh, girls man. lacrosse. What a what a pain. Yeah. They just and especially in a more of a fringe sport like girls lacrosse right. where there aren't as many
0: referees and you need referees. Uh, you definitely do like for for that. You know, you can't just pull someone off the street and have them call balls and strikes or something. Exactly. Like everyone kind of has a working strike zone. But to know the intricacies of girls across absolutely. So,
1: yeah, that was a headache. And they had originally planned to play their season opener yesterday. Mm-hmm. Ended up getting moved. And I guess today's, uh, yeah, no, they were supposed to play Wednesday, got postponed to Thursday. They couldn't find referees. That game gets TBA'd. Mm-hmm. And today they will play their opener against uh, Bourne. Who they've very nice. actually had some very good games with over yeah, there.
0: Yeah, very chippy games uh, between the two girls. And we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, but we are going to start with boys lacrosse coming off the top. Uh, and let's start with the 2018 Division II South Runners-Up. Found with high school Clippers. Yes, led by Penn State commit Colin Almeida, finally in his senior year. One, I feel like he's been a commit for four years. <laughs> it uh, seems Penn that State. way.
1: He did the outside the lines for us this week. Actually, talk to him about that early recruiting process, mm-hmm. and you know it's gonna be tough. When we've talked about it before. You know, if you're a sophomore, what are you, 15, 16 years old, and you have to
0: decide where you want to be sure. three years from now? That's a lot for a young kid to have to do. But you get the glitz and the glamour of a Penn State University, of a, I don't know, say Ohio State. You get some of these big, prestigious, oh, all across the board powerhouses. It's it, tough to turn down.
1: And what was funny is, you know, he committed as a sophomore when they were good. Mm-hmm. He's a senior right now, they're ranked number one in the country. Good timing. Yeah, and they're supposed to have yeah. most of those guys who are on this year's team are supposed to be back for next year as well when he goes in as a freshman. Well
0: so, it's not exactly like a one and done type of situation with college. No, exactly, basketball.
1: exactly. Uh, you kind that's one of the traditional sports where you can actually build up to where your senior year
0: matters. Right. You know, you think, but about the Clippers. Let's about get, the Clippers who cares about yeah. Penn State being number one. All right.
1: Well, it starts with Almeida. He's mm-hmm. gonna he'll play midfield and play some attack. He is the alpha in southeastern Mass, when it comes to score, you know scoring the ball, passing the ball, dealing with a little injury right now, trying to work his way through a hamstring, mm-hmm. uh, you could kind of tell he was pushing it yesterday and trying a little too hard against Sandwich. I think he'll get there. They end up losing that game of Sandwich yesterday, ten to nine. Their first loss, Sandwich's first win. I'm really. I think it happened the same way last year. It was like mm-hmm. a one goal game early in the season. And all year you and I were really, really focused on that rematch. I think it's gonna be the same way this year.
0: And they split last year, right? I, I, for some reason I thought Falmouth swept them. No and That was the year before. I, I think. believe Sandwich
1: won the first game
0: in Falmouth, I think it was, and
1: Falmouth right. won right. in Sandwich. So it could happen the same way. Uh Nick Champagne up front, he will lead the attack along mm-hmm. with uh Jaden Goddat. They've got some you know, they have some firepower. Dougie Walker. Uh, midfield looks pretty decent. It's Jack Hamilton in the back with Jake Rosado, who's going to UMass Lowell. Mm-hmm. And they have two D1 commits on this team. It's how the rest of the defense comes together. Robbie Curtis, Chad Lennox, a couple other guys, uh, Stoney Devlin, kind of learning to be a unit on close defense, figuring out how to protect the goalie. You can tell right now teams know that they want to stay away from Rosado mm-hmm. because he is a shutdown you know, he's like a shut-down cornerback. You know, you put him on somebody's best player, and he's going to do the job. Did a great job yesterday against Sandwich. However, you know, the other guys have got to kind of learn their jobs. They only gave up 10 to Sandwich. And you know, lacrosse, 10's not a lot. Sure. It's more about the offense, you know, finding its chemistry. I think they're going to be fine. But, you know, they have also possession. They don't have that awesome face-off guy. Right. Sandwich has that guy. He's hurt but I think foul needs have developed better on the face offs that's gonna possessing the ball the biggest
0: part of lacrosse oh it's your best defense too yeah, absolutely you know? uh yeah and I think you know you you touched on it briefly there when when you mentioned uh sandwich this is a, a team that has uh high aspirations this year uh, they've loaded up their schedule do so they opened up their season against uh Norwell and uh, what's the other school Marshfield. marshfield and, marshfield. and yeah. marshfield just if if the game against Marshfield was any indication building off of the game against uh, Falmouth, Marshfield's going to run away with the league. (laughs) You know, like, if Falmouth and Sandwich played as closely as they did, Sure. Uh... Marshfield just ran away, ran ran sandwich off their home home turf. You know, it, it was an unbelievable uh, dominant display by the Rams there.
1: But they were missing their face-off guy, right? Right,
0: they were missing their face-off guy. They were missing. Uh, the, you know, th- that's part of it too. Is that they've had this really tough schedule. Their first three games are all against teams that went deep into the playoffs. Uh, you know, in their respective divisions, one, two, and three. Um and you know, they did their first game without uh Carson who who's their starting goaltender in that. They threw some guy, Eddie Archer, who had never played uh goalie in, in ever. Yeah. And uh, you know, he, he hung up, you know, pretty well, all things considered. Uh they've been without Cam Lopes, they've been without Tim Ladner, they've been without a couple of other their, their players there. Uh CJ Wiper had a huge game in from the attack position against Falmouth with uh about four or five goals. Uh Charlie Chapman will be relied on heavily. Uh, he had three goals and two assists against Sandwich, so they're very diverse. Uh, Aiden Rodgers is another guy who can play up front in kind of that midfield, um, but it's going to be interesting to see how they piece things together without Ladner, who has you know D1 considerations. He was, safe to say, uh, well above 85% on his face-offs last year.
1: What's his status? Is he out for an extended period?
0: Um, you know, I would say conservatively, maybe around a quarter, and that's just me kind of ballparking it, maybe the first quarter of the season. It's no, not you know, too he's bad. A, he's a junior, so with that D1, you know, looks that he's getting, I, I'm sure Mike McNeil's kind of in a precarious spot where he wants to win, and he certainly wants to win. Yeah, and he gives him a good chance to do it, but uh-huh. you don't want to do it at the risk of, uh, you know, uh, injuring someone's future. Um, So Scheminauer is replacing Peyton Goodwin in net. He obviously is a familiar name from the hockey season around Gallo, so he's well uh, familiar with with being between the pipes of some sort. Um, So, you know, I think he did a good good job against Falmouth. Obviously, they have a lot of potent scorers. With the defense and him kind of there, they did a good job of being able to get out in front, which is something they haven't been able to do uh, in their first two games this year. Uh, you know, they fell behind 6 nothing against Norwell in the first period, and I believe it was 7 nothing at halftime uh, against Marshfield in their yeah. home opener. So, uh, you know, quick starts, that's something you're going to want to look for, not not digging yourself out of a hole, and, and getting healthy, I think is going to be the important thing with this team. Uh, with a team that I expect to be, you know, just in the mix where they were last year, a top-five team in D2 South, uh, yeah. and vying for, you know, a quarterfinal spot.
1: What I liked from them yesterday was and you and I had talked about this off the air, they played with a greater sense of urgency than Falmouth did. Right, and they had that, to. Yeah, yeah, that's the 0-2 start, but they really wanted that game. And Falmouth got to within a goal time and time again. It was 6-5, mm. it was uh, 8-7, 10-9. But every time Falmouth got to within one, sandwich answered. Right. And I really liked that from them because it showed me, you know, that they have that extra gear and they understand – you know, this is a good team, we can't, you know, one goal is not good
0: enough. Right, and with two league games in your first three, you know, that's a huge hold to go 0-2 in your league Absolutely. against, you know, what should be your top competition to win the title. Yes. Um. You know, that's, that's a hole you don't want to find yourself in three games into the season. Uh, over in Bourne, uh, they, again, a team that went very deep last year, had the best team in program history last year to that point. Uh, for the Boys Lacrosse program. They bring almost everybody back. They only graduated four seniors. Yeah. A couple good or three seniors, I want to say. A couple good ones. They're they're Goliath, uh whose name is escape Marshall uh, Garvey, uh Emery Dunbarry, and uh uh Kyle Fortune. But you know, take your pick from any of the hockey kids from you know from the Canalman uh, winter sports season. They're mm-hmm. on the on the team this yep. year. Very loaded, uh very potent. They beat uh Upper Cape uh, and that cross-rotary rivalry, which they, I believe, they open and close the season with, uh, fifteen to two, and again that, you know, Upper Cape, we'll get to in a minute, uh, Division Three playoff team last year, but I, I think they're going to take a little bit of a step back. So, fifteen to two, they do have a little bit more of an enhanced schedule. Uh, I believe they're playing Hull out of their league. They're playing sandwich for a game, which I love, uh, scheduling up, going up against a Division II team like that. Mike McNeil started that program in Bourne, yep. so there's some good ties there. And I believe I believe it was Tim Crowley who replaced him. I don't think there was anyone in between. Um, and, again, it is, it's gonna, you're going to have a chance to sharpen your iron. They're also playing Nossett, who uh, roughed them up pretty well last year. Um, so this, this should be a team, again, top three, top four seed in Division three South. But at the end of the day, you have to go through, I believe, the Nantuckets of the world, yep. uh, the Cohassets, the Norwells. And Cohasset, I feel like, is kind of like that Hanover uh, in D3 South, a team that should probably be in Division two, and they just dominate everywhere in D3 South. Uh, Upper Cape Tech, uh, again, with first-year uh, varsity, uh, lacrosse head coach Bill O'Connell. Uh, they are 0-3 to start the year. Pretty good returning pieces on offense, led by Josh Winiarski. Um, John Michael Ballard and uh, Kate Schofield off to an 0 3 start. Very tough schedule for them. They played Bristol Plymouth, the Division Two team that won the MAC last year, only lost three games. They played Bourne. Uh, and then the other game was to Tri County, who was also a Division Three playoff team that was a higher seed than uh, Upper Cape Tech. So I think what their their biggest issue right now is. Uh, is possessing the ball well, making sound passes in the games that I saw, they had too many unforced errors or unforced tor- turnovers there. Possession is is it's, key. it's it's really such the name of the game there. Uh, and and you know, I think they're finding out what life is like without uh last year's star senior player Garrett Glinsky, who was a 200 point uh scorer, the highest uh score in program history. He was, you know, the real uh catalyst for that offense kind of playing in Gretzky's box, to use a hockey term, there, or Bre- Gretzky's office,
1: running things from the X. Ex.
0: Yeah, exactly, and um, yeah, I think it's different not having someone who was so used at seeing the the field as well as he did.
1: Well, that's a type of thing that you need to develop. Speaking of developing, I like what I'm seeing from the Mashpee High School boys lacrosse team. Mm-hmm. They only played one game. Again, the you know weird scheduling early in the season. Last uh, Friday, they played. I'm blanking, I'm blanking. Uh, Blue Hills. Okay. And they pulled out a 13-6 win. What I liked is, you know, the two guys, the three guys on this team are really kind of make things go. One, it starts on the goal. Caden Eaton, he was my Athlete of the Week this week over in Mashpee. Faced 22 shots in that game, made 16 saves. He's a freshman. He is a really solid goaltender. He's athletic, plays the angles well. He's going to get better as, you know, as... The years progress, and, you know, they have a real star in the making there. Uh, up front, Jack Howard and Steven Robinson-Wall. I think that duo is going to put up, probably between them, they'll put up 60% of the go- of the uh, points for the season, at least. But with those two guys and the goalie, we'll see how the defense gels. But I think they're going to be competitive. Are they a tournament team? Uh, it's going to be tough. Last year they had a little more firepower, although they were younger up front and in the goal. Um, they went seven and nine this year. You know they're probably somewhere in that same general area. Mm-hmm. It's going to come down to can they pull out those one and two goal games that they lost last year? They can win a couple of those. Maybe they end up at that nine and nine. What does that get you? Well, probably a first round of loss to a Cohasset or a Norwell. But right. I'd rather make the tournament and suffer that loss than you know. Not, you know, sure, not get, the, get the
0: experience at and, yeah, the of at least going to the tournament, yeah. And
1: especially when you have a freshman up front who's your, you know, freshman, I think sophomore Caesar Hendricks, you know, another kid who, you know, a big player up front, and then you got, you know, Howard and uh, Eaton in the back between the, you know, with those freshmen, get that uh, postseason experience, yeah. And, you know, Get a little, uh, get a little nibble on the carrot, right, and see what you're playing for, and maybe that pushes you forward. Yeah,
0: and see what, see what it takes. Okay, this is what it takes to be the best team. Yeah, we got three years to do that. Let's let's circle that on our absolutely. Accounters.
1: Yeah, uh, as for Falmouth Academy, similar, they probably are on the outside looking in when all is said and done, but they play with a lot of grit. Uh, Tommy Early, you know, up front, is off to a really nice start. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob Ciafone in the goal, pretty good. They've got some pieces. They got their first win yesterday. They beat Sturgis West. Okay. I believe it was, I want to say 16-11-ish. That sounds right to me. That might have been the girls' score. But they had, they won yesterday.
0: Well, I, I don't blame you for everything warping together in the first week here. Yeah, <laughs> like I said, I had 11 games yesterday. Right. But
1: But uh, they are, you know, they're gelling. They had... Played East the day before, and they lost that one thirteen to ten. But they're competitive. Mm -hmm. You know, before you know, last year I talked to Mike Early, and we would talk a lot of seven goal losses, eight double digits stuff like that. Their losses this year, well, they lost at Nantucket. We'll throw that out first game of the year. That was a blowout. But they were competitive in the second game. They won the third game. Let's see where they go. But at least it looks like they're building some positive momentum. I think they're going to be okay. And at the end of the day, especially when you're at a smaller school, you know, you want to be competitive. You don't want to have have two months of getting your head kicked in. Sure, who wants that? Exactly. So I think this year they will be in more games than that. I think they have a chance to be around 500. We'll see where the you know the where the chips fall in the end. But I like what's what's building over there on the boys' side for FA.
0: All right, and moving over to the uh, girls' side of the cross field. Uh, the Sandwich Blue Knights, a very young team, as we've been talking about with Kelsey Beaton for the last few years, whether it's field hockey or girls lacrosse, she's got a crop of eighth, ninth, and sophomores in her uh, in her helm there and in her, in her grips, and that's kind of uh, you know what what I think she's really been good at is developing the young talent and sure. having that come up. And assuming that everyone sticks around, that's the big assumption. Uh, this team should be ready to really blossom in a couple of years, but they can compete right now. They're they're off to a two and zero start. Uh, very tough. Uh, I know. I know Kelsey expressed some frustration in the early goings about opening against Marshfield and Falmouth to you know begin the season, and that's a lot of pressure to open up with. Because as we mentioned about the boys team, you go zero and two, yeah, and suddenly you're ahead. out of it. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's worked out in just the opposite. She's two and zero, two and zero in the league, so you get that early advantage up there. Sam Garassi, who's going to be playing at Division Two Florida Southern uh, next uh, next spring. Uh, has nine goals through two games. It's a pretty good average. Not bad. Uh, yeah, not too bad. Uh, but, you know, as as the case is with most Kelsey Beaton-led teams, uh, it all starts in the back end there. So you have Morgan Howes, who's, uh, you know, in her second year of playing lacrosse ever, gained a lot of experience last year, was pretty strong between the pipes, but she could lean on uh, a group of seniors in her defensive core around her. That's kind of gone. She has Kelly Sorensen, a senior there. They've moved Leah Mahoney back, who's also a senior from midfield, to defense. And then then they're working in some of the younger players in there as well. So it's kind of, you know, a lot of moving parts in that back end until they figure it out. Sure. Um, But, you know, against Falmouth on Wednesday, I thought they did a good job of holding them off. They had a 4-2 lead at halftime that increased to 9-3. And then, you know, with Quinn O'Rourke, with her uh, winning draws as well as she does, and being able to take it and score it, they go on like a two or three goal run. But again, Sam Garasi comes right back and answers back. And then, then you get that cushion and, you know, time's not working in Fowler's favor at that point. But, And even then, you know, you talk about possession. That's going to be the overall kind of theme of the lacrosse season. Absolutely. You know, she told Sam, who had a, you know, what, a 8-meter shot, I think is what she said after the game that she told her not to take because, <laughs> you know, I'd rather hold on to it and milk the time off the clock sure. than have, you know, when, when the draw run down and get an answer back, and then with the possibility of getting possession back on the next draw.
1: Now, it makes all the sense in the world. It Especially when you have that lead at, like, three or four goals, there's no reason to push the tempo. There's There are no bonus points if you run right. by five, you know, but if you do give up possession, the goalie makes a save or – you know, like you said, they score, but then Falmouth goes down and scores, and then gets it back, and scores again. The game can change so quickly. But mm-hmm. if you hold the ball and just, wait, especially in girls lacrosse, you could really kill a clock in girls lacrosse.
0: Oh yeah, and I don't know if they do extra time, but with the when the referees stop for you know a penalty or something like yeah. that, and they're situating everyone and say so you got to go five yards back and you got to move the clock's two running. Here. The clock's running, right? Yeah. So they don't do extra time. Like that's just wasted time. Exactly. So it's yeah,
1: I think. Uh, you know, Coach Zara's team over in Falmouth, you saw yesterday, I mean, they, they have some athletes. I yeah. think they're going to be okay. Still kind of figuring it out. Hannah Toby moved between the pipes, you know, with Taylor De uh graduation. Mm-hmm. He's still trying to figure things out there in the back end. They got um, Aaron Lavin and Skylar Davies back there. I think they're going to be okay. I mean, you only the way I look at it, you go to sandwich when you play... All your home games on this slow grass field. Right. And you've been practicing on this slow grass field. And then you go there, and it's like moving from a Ford Escort to a Ford, you know, Mustang. Right. You know, so you're going to a, oh my gosh, we can run
0: now? And... And it really is a home field advantage for whoever plays, you know, because that's a disadvantage for Sandwich having to go on the grass.
1: Uh, absolutely, absolutely, and it's a shame for Falmouth that they didn't have the, the game at home first, because that would have been a really slow, muddy, muddy track yesterday. Sure. Uh, but you know, we you saw Quinn O'Rourke's going to be fine. They got you know she's going to score a lot of goals. Just went over two hundred this week. You got Lindsay Bosselman up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, You know they they get a couple of freshmen, Sam McKenzie, somebody else whose name is escaping me, but still learning these rosters. Sure, right, yeah. Uh, But yeah, I think they're gonna be okay. Last year they were one of the, I think they were like the fifth seeds. That sounds right Mm -hmm. in D two South. They're probably looking somewhere top eight. You know they're gonna be near sandwich.
0: Yeah. You know they're very similar teams, and I think. What what stood out to me in talk, talking to Beaton after the game is she said you know we've won the most ACL title or you yeah, I didn't fact check her on this but she's like I think we have the most ACL titles since I've been the head coach here we've lost the last couple of years but they're very cognizant of the fact that this is the last one and they want it so I think sure. that's, that's a, and I, I I'm not sure if that's the case with all the teams I would imagine that gets said early on um, but you know I I took that as. Three game, two games into the season, and they're two and zero. And she's coming out of the gates, telling me that, like unprovoked. You know, I think that's uh, some a good motivating factor for her team there. Uh, moving over to Bourne, uh, who they'll be playing your Mashpee uh, Falcons uh, later today, I believe. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, you know they they get out to a one zero win. They beat Upper Cape Tech, which was uh, a team you know not really in the same class. Uh, this is uh, a team that has not made the playoffs under head coach Mike Massman in his two years. Uh, so I think that's something that's on you know high on their priority list. You know they play in the, a a weird division in the sense that they have to play those large regional teams. Sure. Uh, in the in the South Coast Conference, the Apopniquits, those Rochester's, the Dayton Rehobits of the world. Um, so they could be a team that reaches the playoffs via the Sullivan Rule. Uh, they have some talent. Uh, I like their. Um, uh, they have Abby, Ar- Abby Ariagno. They have Amanda Orchuk. I always uh, wonder how to say that name. Oh, uh, Ariagno. Ariagno. Yeah, Ariagno is good. Orchuk is tough because it's O R C I U C H. So it's uh, I'm not I'm not sure if I'm even pronouncing. No, you that are. Right. That is right because there used to be an Orchuk in Falmouth. Okay. So I remember that was
1: one of my first tough names. Yeah. But Ari- Ariagno. <laughs> I remember when we were doing. She has a brother who plays hockey, right, correct? Yeah. So when we were doing my hockey live, uh, Jake Levin was calling him Oregano. Oregano. And yes. I was like, I don't think that's right. Well, it's a it's a spicy
0: Italian yeah. herb. It is definitely in a spicy Italian name. I yeah. Believe. Yeah. Exactly. So back to them. Uh, yeah. So I think they, you know, have a, a nice returning pieces up front, but they lost like seventy five percent of their goal scoring last year in the graduation. So they're gonna have to figure out those pieces. And, and in talking to Mike Massman, it's going to be scoring from all over the place. They have defensemen who can come up and handle the ball well and shoot there, uh, uh, a la Nisabel Stone, who had two goals in their win against uh, Upper Cape Tech in their first game of the year. Uh, Bree Becker is going to be relied on heavily because, like we were saying, about their um, about Sandwich's defense, Bourne's defense is also pretty young as well. Bree Becker, I believe, is in her third year starting uh, in net for the Canalmen. So, again, she's going to be relied on heavily while that defense, kind of anchored by senior Sarah Sullivan, gets up to speed. Uh, but, it, but you know, I think it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Again, I think they could be a, a challenger for a playoff uh, appearance, whether that be via the Sullivan rule or, you know, by finishing virtue of right around 500 or so.
1: And they, they're they playing a team that they had a couple of battles with last year. Right. Uh, the Mashpee, that's going to be my first chance to see the Falcons because, well, it's their first game of the year. Right. Um, so there's a lot I don't know yet about Mashby. I think they should be okay. Freshman goaltender, did they have an 8th grader in that last year? Or was that Soccer? Yes, and they had an 8th grader in, uh, oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking. But the big thing with them is they lost Tara Palermo, who's an all-time leading scorer, mm-hmm. and then Michelle Hambly was supposed to be you know the player to step into that role and you know run the offense, and then in the off season, right about two three weeks before the season started, she blew out her knee, in a uh, one of those.
0: That was, uh, right, that was games a nice up. story uh, in the Mashpee Enterprise. Thank you. A couple weeks ago. Yeah,
1: so she's so she's out for the year, so they're going to try and figure it out. Ed O'Neill is going to play a big role. You know they're going to be figuring out back end though. They should be good. Um, they got you know Kristen Kondraki and Emily Franks in the back end. I think that they look they should challenge to keep their tournament streak alive. I mm-hmm. believe they made it three years in a row. It's one: are they able to pick up the pace offensively and make up for all those lost goals? Because that is when you lose not only your all time leading scorer, but Hamley was option two last year. Right. So now you're losing your top two scores. So are they going to be able to keep that offense going? I know that defensively they should be strong. They should be okay in the in the uh, midfields. We'll see how that works out. I think they're I think they're good, but time will tell. And like I said, we, they haven't played a game yet because of uh, sure. circumstance. So I have a better handle on them at this time next week than I do at this time you know right now. But based on what's there, I think they'll be okay.
0: All right, who else do we miss? week? found the... with Academy. Found with Academy, yes. All right, you threw out a good stat earlier. What, the, uh, the, how many goals did Garasi have? Six. She has nine in the first two games. She had six against Falmouth. Okay,
1: so Falmouth Academy has played three games. Mm-hmm. Ainsley Ramsey, twenty-six goals. Whoa, it's a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, that was an it's average like an eight, of almost eight or nine. It's a game. almost nine. Mm-hmm. Like eight point six seven goals per game. Uh, the Lady Manners are on a roll. Mm-hmm. They're three and zero. They went to Nantucket, they won easy, they blew out Sturgis East, had a little more of a game with Sturgis West yesterday, mm-hmm. although that was at Simpkins Field, which is basically like the pit and Parks and Recreation. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you like that reference? I, <laughs> I always
0: love a good Parks and Rec reference.
1: So they won that one 16-11. But I think that, you know, they should be good. It all starts and ends with uh with with uh, Ainsley Ramsey um, looking, oh gosh, F.A. girls, yeah. 26 goals in three games. They are putting up an average of about 18 goals a game right now, I think, mm-hmm. give or take. They And the thing is, is Coach Sarah Knowles, when they have a big lead, she takes her foot off the gas. They could be putting up like 25 or 30 a game right, right now.
0: So, Oof, they have 26 goals for one player. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <and> I know. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy.
1: So the, the last couple of years, you know, there were play, Ramsey's kind of stepping into that uh, Jane Early role. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're solid up, back, you know, throughout the lineup, playing that Cape and Islands league. Their biggest problem is when they step out of the Cape and Islands. Sure. And they had a game scheduled for, with Situate for Monday and ended up having to postpone because the flu went through the team and they didn't have enough players. Oh, no. Uh, so we'll see when they put. You know, they're going to make that game up. They're going to have a game with Falmouth High. We're gonna see how they do when they step up. Yeah. I think they'll be okay. I think they could win a tournament game, maybe two. They're you know, they're not Norwell, they're not Cohasset. Right. Um, yeah. They may be close to Falmouth and Sandwich, but I don't think they're quite there. There really should be three divisions in curls the cross. You know, and that it's unfortunate for them that there's not.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's too bad. But again, you gotta you gotta play that talent and see where you are and see yeah, you know, and until They go out and beat a Falmouth until they go out and beat a sandwich. I have a tough time putting them in the same conversation.
1: Exactly. And and I'm the same because, you know, they play, they're a big fish in a small pond. Right. You know, we'll see what happens when they swim upstream and, you know, go to a different pond.
0: I like that. Good good, uh, fishing reference there. It's it's catching the bug. You're getting the bug back. Oh, it's
1: just another month and a half.
0: Yeah. Let's stay over uh, on the girls' side of things and go over to the softball field. Uh, the born you mentioned twenty six goals uh, from one player on the the academy team. Yeah, Ainsley. Ainsley Ramsey. Ramsey. I wanted to say Rivers. Okay, um, I'm glad I asked you on that one. Born routed Martha's Martha's Vineyard twenty nine to four uh, uh, in their first game, home opener. Of course, we mentioned at the top of the show uh, how wind windy and gusty it's been almost everywhere in Born uh, where there's been a baseball, softball game. The wind has been blowing. Like 15 miles straight out dead center field, you know. So the yeah. ball, the ball's been carrying, uh, huge. They got like a Fab Five of freshmen that's played with uh, Coach Glenn Gifford on his uh, Bay State summer team, yep. the Bay State Sharks. There, so he's. Really looking forward to this team. This is a, a team that's always kind of made the playoffs. A lot of the Sullivan rule, Sure. kind of the same reason again. You have Greater New Bedford uh, in the SEC, who's downright dominant, and you have Dayton Rehoboth, is another uh, very good upper tier uh, regional school that they have to play as well. Uh, old Rochester's of the world, all, all that good stuff. Uh, so, but they they might should make the playoffs this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they finish above five hundred oh, given given that tough uh, schedule that they face. Uh because they have some bona fide athletes. I mean they have Kyra Kyra Fernandez who's been mentioned on this show countless, uh, times. countless times for her uh you know basketball success, but she's a lockdown top of the lineup uh shortstop for for the canalman, number two hitter. Uh she went four for four with three doubles and six RBIs <laughs> uh against Martha's Vineyard. Abby Russell, who filled in her typical starter in the circle, Emily Stroldney. She, Stroldney? I I think the J is silent on that one. Anyway, uh, she has mononucleosis, which is also tough to say. Uh, So she filled in first start, goes uh, three innings, Maybe gives up uh, one or two runs, has a couple of strikeouts, picks up her first win, and then uh, from the leadoff spot goes four for six with uh, a couple doubles, couple triples, six RBIs, three runs scored. It's a pretty good day. Athlete Athlete of the Week this week in born uh, can't can't really beat that. So he, he, uh, Glenn Gifford has a couple of pitchers this year as well. Uh, a lot of youth all over the base paths. Uh, I believe Emma Leach who did not play in that game. Uh, maybe she's sick at the moment, but she's a senior captain, only senior on this team this year. So. Regardless of what they do, the future is very bright provided. Everyone stays in Bourne, and and they should be another team that should, again, contend. My big thing across the board with softball is fielding. Sure. If you can cut down on the errors, if you can take a good angle to a ball in the gap so it doesn't keep rolling and rolling and rolling, um, that's huge. And that will be my, my big uh, I guess X factor, so to say, with all these softball teams. Because well, you, you can hit, right? Anyone can hit. Absolutely.
1: And I think you're right because softball players know to take a 45-degree angle to a ball where just people who are trying to get by on their athleticism will mm-hmm. you know, take the straight line. And it, those are the little things. And teams that do the little things are the ones that are, that are successful. Little note on that Martha's Vineyard team. So they lost to Bourne, was that Wednesday?
0: Thursday? Monday. Uh, Tuesday. Wednesday. Wednesday. All right. So Sorry. earlier, <laughs> they played this week. Uh,
1: I don't remember if it was Monday or Tuesday, but they played mm-hmm. Falmouth and lost 24 to 1. Oh, wow. So that's in the first two games. The Martha's Vineyard girls softball team gave up.
0: 53 runs. 53 runs. Yeah, that's that's tough there. That um, is a
1: that is a 12, rough
0: week. 12 walks. Yeah, not a
1: good not a lot of good earned run
0: averages uh, there. For, yeah, so the, the pitching staff is tough. Uh, for so the vineyarders there.
1: Uh talking about teams that score runs. How about your Nashville high, high school Falcons? Yeah. In uh two games they have put up 32 runs. Okay. They good start 15-8 win against uh Upper Cape Tech. I mm-hmm. believe you were at that game.
0: Yes, uh come from behind victory as yeah. well. They're starting pitcher uh Club to like a three-run home run or something like that and inside Sandy the parker. Sousa. Yes. And
1: then uh Sam rosam also been killing it. Mm-hmm. I love the catcher on that team, Jaden Bryant. I believe she's a freshman. Mm-hmm. She's just fantastic. She okay. defensively really, really actually she might be an eighth grader. She might have played as a seventh grader. I, don't have to, I haven't seen them play in person yet. Uh but they are rock solid. Uh Corey Andrade, great little player, too, and Meg Conley, the shortstop. They can put up, they can hit the ball. We saw that. It's going to be a matter of, they play in that South Shore League. So when they go up against the Cohassets, the Norwells, the East Bridgewaters. Pat,
0: the the, the Ab, Abington's Abington, the yeah, reigning yeah, Division yeah, Three state you. champion.
1: You know, so there are going to be some rough games in there. But they, have, I believe they're playing like 21 or 22 games. Mm-hmm. They should be a tournament team. Uh, there are four divisions, I believe, in softball. So they have a chance to at least you know make a little noise. They they're playing some bigger teams. I think they're. I know they're playing Falmouth. I might have seen Board on their schedule as well.
0: MASH Yeah, I believe so. So
1: we're gonna have some nice little crossover games there. I think they're gonna be okay. That program, you know, Alexis. Uh, oh my God, Chris, did, Chris. <laughs> I am blanking, and I will get back to that. Anyways,
0: <laughs> did you have like a mini stroke?
1: There? Yeah, I think I, I might have. <laughs> just blank. It's spring, so they are. They are a good. They're a good softball team. Defensively, it's really going to come down. Are they consistent in the field? If they right. can make the plays in the field, I think they're going to be fine because I know they can hit the ball. Uh, over in Falmouth, you know the Clippers look. They look like they're going to be good. They have a good senior group. The two Pope, uh, uh, Katie and Abby Pope, third base, shortstop. You know they got Grace Quan over in left field. Maeve Cutter at, at uh, you know catching. And Molly Bruce on, you know, I always want to say on the hill, but it's actually in, a in, circle. in the
0: circle. Yeah, I got to catch myself that. But
1: too. a nice senior group. Uh, Charlotte Sylvia, a transfer from Chicago area. Oh, Chicago all right. Land. Windy City. Yeah, you know, um, seems to be a big bat in the middle of the lineup. She's playing the center field, so they have a nice core. Again, with softball, it's do you make the plays? A couple errors yesterday led to a five-run inning. They end up losing eight to two to right. Dennis Yarmuth. And a name to watch, you know. Again, DY, I think is gonna—they're gonna contend because they got the McGaffigan girls.
0: Oh, geez, I and, thought we were gonna be off a season with them.
1: Well, let me—I'll give it to that. So, Caleb McGaffigan uh, pitched a jam, Falter didn't have a hit until I believe it was the fifth inning. They ended mm-hmm. up getting to her a little bit, but too little, too late. But I don't know if this is breaking news. Maybe it's just rumor. But from what I hear, the McGaffigan girls transferring. Going to Tabor next year, so oh, no kidding. Talking about opening things up across the ACL, oh, sure. Field hockey, Cape and Islands. Oh yeah, there you go. Uh, field hockey, girls' ice hockey, and softball. You know, they're going on to Tabor. You know, both going to play there. Allegedly, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. So that will definitely uh, big big hit for the sandwich. Now and I'm surprised girls you're team.
0: running with what you're hearing about. Uh, Two D.Y. kids, but you didn't talk about the Falmouth basketball player who may or may not be going. Well,
1: Cam Dunberry from what, you know, Governor's, I think? Governor's prep. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it looks like he's going to be gone, too. It is a weird world we live in with kids going and coming. Because, you know, I've also heard that I won't get into the rumors I'm hearing about kids coming back to town because those are... Wild rumors, and oh, wow. I I don't buy. I'm I'm not buying what I'm hearing. So on okay. That. So, but you know, because I've heard of you know, you always hear, oh, they're going to come back. Rarely do they ever come back. Yeah, and you know, once they're gone, they're usually gone. So, we won't get into that. Uh Sandwich softball.
0: Yes, uh, they've got off to an 0-2 start. Once again, very tough schedule for them in and out of the uh, the ACL this year because they opened with. South sectional champion, uh, or runners-up, I should say, Middleborough, which is uh, Gene Russell's alma mater, the head coach of Sandwich, uh, and then Abington. So, you know, very tough game. Now they have Falmouth there, you know, which is, I, I think, more of equal level playing yeah. field. Uh, but again, very big game out of first three games right out of the gate. You got, you know, two teams that went very deep in their respective playoffs. And then you got a old league rival in your third game of the year.
1: Who also won a tournament game last right, year. Right, right,
0: exactly. So and this was a team in Sandwich that doubled its win total from two years ago. It's kind of been on a slow, steady increase. Uh, they've had pretty senior-laden team. They have Taylor Howell uh, catching. They have uh, Rain Turley uh, in the circle, a nice lefty pitcher. I love that, love that. Really? Yeah. You like lefties? Yeah, but I'm partial. Lucky lefties here. Uh, they have... Jax Bellu uh, in center field who's been injured but a real dynamic player. Uh, uh Ashley Landry, I believe, is a shortstop second baseman. Uh so and Taylor Howell hit like four hundred last year, like from and she hits like scud sea heating missiles. They're not these like looping shots, they just are missiles that kind of sail upwards? Sticks you know? the baseball. Yeah, exactly. Or so the they, softball, <laughs> yeah, and they have a lot of pop. But again, like the, in, the, in the game against Middleborough, you know, it probably would have been a five-run game, but it ended up being twelve-run slaughter rule because errors, fielding errors, overthrowing the ball, you know, little little stuff like that. And I think you start to see that decline in both baseball and softball once the weather heats up a little bit. I
1: think. I so. I think
0: there's a lot of people who don't want to be out there, and that like. 20-degree winds, you know, or 20-mile-an-hour winds. I tell you,
1: it is rough, and the wind has just been howling this yeah. week. And that's what happens when, you know, it's starting to warm up a little bit. Right. You know, yeah.
0: so. But we have, uh, you know, Rain Turley, who's been the five-year, four-year starter. You know, she's been on the team since the eighth grade, so this is her fifth season. She's going to have a little help in the circle from eighth-grader Sophia Bruno. Uh, she pitched against... Um, whoever they played, I believe it was Marshfield. They're 0-3, because I think they played Marshfield yesterday on the road. Uh, and they lost, and she um, yeah, had a rough start. I believe she you know, gave up double-digit hits and walks. Uh, but again, an eighth grader playing against Marshfield, to get the experience sure. in. I think this could be a team that can make the playoff and play in that preliminary round game like they did last year. Um, just hope it all kind of comes together for Jean Russell. She's a... She's actually a pleasure to work with. She she's uh, Jean's great. A, Jean's good people. You know, the thing, too, I don't know if you've
1: noticed it. You know, I've been around a little longer. The increase in the softball on the Cape is really on the upward swing. I feel like the well, level of play across the in terms of actually having softball players is uh, really, yeah. you know, because before it would seem like it's just kids who are out there playing. Now they're playing the game. And
0: yeah, but it, it's like, uh, what do you want? A quality over quantity thing. Because, you know, Sandwich, they have really good players, but they have 14 of them. Sure. Yeah, that's tough.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, Which is
0: down from a year ago. Oh, that's true. They don't have a JV team over there. No, they, yeah, they didn't so. have a JV team last year either.
1: Yeah, that's rough. That is rough.
0: Uh, so yeah, Upper Cape is last one left. Uh, last year was the first year that uh, head coach Mike Carrier hadn't made the playoffs in like seven years, seven or eight years. They had a good, good run for also a while. Also, good
1: people, Mike Carrier. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Huh. Uh, and he needed to fill like six of the nine positions. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so he had a nice quote. So he's like, "Other than that, I'm loaded." You know, <laughs> so he's got a couple good players there. He has a tough uh, shoes to fill with some of his seniors graduating from last year, but. Uh, Jordan McCoy blasted a three-run outside the park home run against Mashby in the bottom of the first inning on opening day. So there, she's going to be start. a real masher, you know, middle of the lineup hitter. Uh, Zoe Janicki uh, is going to be in the circle once again. She's also kind of a middle three, four, five, six hitter. Yeah. Um So they they have some good pieces there, uh, but I think this might be uh, you know second year. I think it's a little bit of a rebuilding year. So I think this will be the second year they miss out on the playoffs. But with our remaining 15 to 18 minutes or so, uh, let's head over to the baseball field. All baseball, all the time. Let's start with the team that made it the furthest in the postseason. And the Falmouth Clippers. That's it. Yeah, went all the way to the uh,
1: South Finals last year. A um, good little
0: underdog run last year. Yeah,
1: well, you know, the thing is, they play a D2 and D1 schedule. And then right, they and they drop play, down. They drop down to D3, and you get hot. Right. And the reason? They had pitching. And guess what? They have pitching again. The Clippers right now, I believe, are... Uh two and one. No, one and one. They beat the vineyard. They lost to D.Y. yesterday. Mm-hmm. However, they lost two to one. Now Alex Fratt and Tony twirled the gem. You know, he ended up against Charlie McCaffrey, who also was fantastic mm-hmm. for the you know, for the uh, Dolphins. If you showed up late, you didn't see any runs yesterday. Uh D.Y. had one in the first, one in the second. Falmouth had theirs in the top of the first. Chris Perito, right fielder, one eighty eight kid. Mm-hmm. Two for two, two walks, scored the only run of the game. Stranded at third in the seventh inning. Ouch. So they That's lo- tough that yeah. is, but uh they've got they've got bats. You know, yesterday not with you know not notwithstanding. They yeah. they yeah, have of, yeah. they have a lot of bats in that lineup. Uh, I like they got Sean Jablecki back from an arm uh, injury. I think he's gonna help. Uh Jake McKenzie starting over at first base. Pitching, pitching, pitching though. Max Roman, Alex Tony, Sammy Griesbauer, sophomore named to the uh Perfect game, mm-hmm. all underclassmen, all American team. You know, he's already touching 90 on the gun. He's a sophomore. Uh, Nikki Cavosa, they've got arms. This team should win 12, 13, 14 games. First year uh, coach Josh Oliver, he is just, you know, they went from TK, who is Mr. Positive, mm-hmm. to Josh Oliver, who might be more positive. You know, just a really good uh, feeling around that team think the Clippers are going to be better than last year does that mean they go further I don't know because it's baseball it's tough
0: to tell yeah you know,
1: you know one game one you run up against one good pitcher like we saw yesterday and those bats don't look as you know as great as they are but I think that top to bottom I think they should contend for that last ACL mm-hmm. I think the ACL is loaded yeah I don't think there's an easy game in this league it may be the one of the most difficult baseball leagues in the state because right behind those
0: Clippers are the? Uh, I would say they're in front of. Oh, uh, really? Well, they're the reigning ACL champions. They're 2-0 and in the uh, to start. They beat yeah, Barnstable, and they have a 1-0 league record uh, to look, start I the year against right, Marshfield. I meant
1: Right on their heels are or well. Kinda... No,
0: I think you have a Freudian slip there. We all know, uh, you know, where your allegiances lie.
1: Hey, I'm a big Brian Thomas fan. Though I, I understand that. Yeah,
0: so they're they're two and zero, um, and they've you know come from behind in both games, um, especially against the Barnstable game to open the season. They have 15 seniors on this team. You that impressed me so much. Uh, you know how many. Um, 188 kids were on Falmouth and there's a ton. Yeah. Uh you know, it's it's pretty much post 188 sandwich Falmouth. Yeah, you know? that's exactly. kind of what it is. Um but you know, Tyler Wittica is playing in St. Anselm next year. Uh he's gonna be pitching, playing the corner infield spots. He's a co captain. They have studs all over the place, and just like a perfect indication of this is you know, Josh Kutcher, senior, comes off the bench against Barnstable. Pinch it, RBI, go-ahead, single.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, uh, against uh, uh, Marshfield uh, yesterday at Fenton Field on, on Wednesday, or Thursday, I should say. Uh, Sean Connolly, pinch it, two out, two RBI, double. You know, go-ahead. Break, breaks a tie. You know, and you get those contributions from those guys who are just coming up, and they're seniors. They understand the moment. They understand, you know, they're not they're not phased by the moment. Yeah. And they just come through and they get the job done. And the big thing I took away from what uh, Brian Thomasini said after the game is that you know, there's no style points in March. Yeah, you know, there's no style points in April. In the first couple weeks of the season, when everyone's figuring it out, you just get the wins. Yeah, absolutely. And this is this is a team uh, predicted by uh, you know Danny Ventura over at the Boston Herald to be a top five team in the uh, Division Three South Super Eight, getting mentions from Kevin Carrera behind the dish, uh, the aforementioned Woodika. Uh, who else is there cam sure over at second base as well but again pitching open the season dylan ryan five five innings nine k's or something like that you know johnny tropia who struggled with command yesterday but still won five innings they called up nick eastman from a jv team knowing they're going to be playing back-to-back games on thursday and friday needed that extra arm two shutout innings to pick up the save this is a team that does have a lot of arms a lot of seniors and I think are stinging from the fact that they were no hit in their first round playoff game against Old Rochester last year when yeah. they were expecting to make a lot of noise. They were top three, top four, top five seed in the in D three South. So I think they they come back with a chip on their shoulder despite winning the ACL.
1: I'm looking for they're playing Falmouth today. Yeah. The only problem I have with that is I hate that they're playing so early. Mm-hmm. I wish that this was a game that was at the end of the schedule. I know they'll play again, well, but sure, that means yeah. it'll be early May. And what I look forward to is I hope that in that Cape Cod showdown they play at the end of the season, I hope we get a third game. Right. I think all three games are going to be entertaining. I think they're all going to be close, and they are going to be wars. It's going to be so much fun. I wish I could spend the whole day there today. I'm glad I'm going to get to see at least a part of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. That should be a that should be definitely an interesting game. I'm a, I'm a little jealous. I don't get to see that one, but I will be seeing uh, Born and. Oh, well, born! mashby lacrosse Yeah. Uh, Bourne, I did see them play against Upper Cape Tech in the first game of the year. That's a nice cross-rotary clash. I love that rivalry. Again, much like the lacrosse teams, they open and close the year against one sure. another. So that's, that's a ton of fun. Obviously, you get the in-town kids who play against one another or some 188 stuff. Uh, Bourne picked to be the to- the second-best team in D4 South uh, by the Heralds. Wow. Which was a sh- kind of a shocker to me. Um, Only behind Archbishop Williams. But again, I don't know about D4 South. You know, Mashby graduated a lot of ton, yeah. ton, of talent. So did SJP. You know, where does how strong is D4 South this year? We'll find out. Yeah,
1: I mean, because
0: they lost in their opening game against Upper Cape in a walk off, seven six. Uh, Jared Westgate comes in from third, who is just a stud, stud uh, player for the Upper Cape Rams, and uh, ends up getting the save for them. Uh, Jeremy Wurzberger hits a uh, RBI fielder's choice. A uh, little, little bleeder up the middle, middle uh, with no outs, bases loaded in the top of the or bottom of the seventh, I should say, at Doran Park. Uh, but Bourne, don't sleep on Bourne either because, again, the SEC, a lot of people call it a basketball league. I think it's a true baseball league. I think there's a loaded up and down. You got the DRs, the opponents, the old Rochesters, the Warehams, who shellacked Upper Cape on Thursday. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of good talent in the SEC there. Uh, but it's all going to be lynched around uh, left-handed starter Ben Smith. Uh, he's their ace. Struggled a little bit with his command, uh, as did Tyler Earl uh, for upper cape and opening day. But again, crazy wind conditions. Extra base hits galore as their wind's blowing out dead straight to center field. Uh, Jack Neal is a guy who got mentioned in the Herald. Uh, so does Steve Baumarchi. in addition to uh, Ben Smith. They have a new middle infield with Karsten Becker at short and Nick Carter at second. Um this is a team that can that can do some damage, and and they got three sport athlete uh, James Cahoon on there who had a triple, and uh, pitched two plus innings with four strikeouts. In that third inning, they stretched him out a little too fur further, and he walked the bases sure. loaded. He ran out of gas, but looked very dominant in those first two innings that he pitched as well. So I think this team's going to be here. Uh, it's just a matter of getting things right under first year head coach Sean Donovan.
1: Uh, and then we've got. The Nashville Falcons, yeah. another team who picked B1, to be one of those top eight teams in the South. A lot, a lot of seniors graduated from last year's mm-hmm. team, so they you know, they lost Zach Landry, lost Mike Frazier,
0: but Kyle Puchol is uh, named. Kyle Puch- mind.
1: Kyle Puchol is back, and Kyle is going to be uh, Manning center field. He is rock solid. You know, defensively, this team should be very good. It's really going to come down to how do the arms perform. They got three kids. Basically, you're going to do the bulk of the starting. Jagger Bryant. I mean, you want to talk about all team? Yeah. Uh, Jagger Bryant made the start yesterday. Uh, sophomore had a really good start. He was shut down last year. Um, looked great. He had they were at Hull. I think it went like four shutout innings before they turned it over to the bullpen. They beat Hull 22-4. to Yeah.
0: Bottom of the lineup. I thought that was a lacrosse score for a second when I saw that. And I was like, no way. Uh, (laughs) Because that's a good Hull team for lacrosse. Yeah. Well, you know,
1: Hull, baseball, you know. Not the same. Not the same. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Mashby pounded the ball. They had six in the first, seven in the second, seven in the third. Uh, So, you know, up and down the lineup. They Mm -hmm. did a good job. Uh, Willie Baker going to be a big player for them. He's going to play in the sure. outfield. Um, Nick Story, uh, senior. They only have two seniors on this team. Nick Story okay. will be the one who really he'll do some pitching, play some first base. Jared Barr behind the plate. He's you know potential all star. This team is good. You know, it's really going to come down. Colton Collarin, an eighth grader, may be one of the key players on this team because not only is he going to man second base, but he right now slots in as the number two starter. Eighth grader, I don't care how good you are, you're not going to blow a lot of kids away. Sure. So he's going to have to throw strikes, and they're going to have to make the plays behind him. So this team probably not looking at eighteen and four again. Right. Nineteen and three, whatever it was last year, but they can win 12, 13, 14 games if they make the plays on defense and they get enough pitching. Yeah. You know, that Bryant-Colleran story trifecta is going to be on the hill a lot. How, you know, how consistent they are is how good this team can be. And, you know, you hate to put all the pressure
0: on three kids – but when we're talking baseball, it's all about pitching. Yeah, it's it's that was the same uh, thing that Gabe Coutinho over at Upper Cape stressed to me is that you know we got six seniors coming back, six of them you know who were at the South uh, Sectional Final in Campanelli Stadium a couple of years ago, 2016 I think, yeah, um, 2016, 2017, whatever it was. Uh, but in any case, you know. But he's like the real question is going to be who who's pitching after Earl. So they're going to uh, rely Baker, heavily on uh, on Jared
1: Westgate. Yeah, Baker also will pitch for them too. Yeah, I mean, my bad. But yeah, Upper Cape Tech. You were saying they.
0: Uh, well, you, we did them. We weren't. Did them. You weren't listening to me. Were I, what no, I was just You saying, did. Bo- were you?
1: you did Bourne and you did upper. Cape Well, Bay, yeah, but I, uh, yeah.
0: that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm t- talking about them a little bit more here. Yeah. Thanks for following along. It's uh one person in here. Um, uh but Orlando Guadalupe from uh you know, playing second base. Uh he's he talk about a nice the baseball team. Uh, that's, that's right 50, there yep. as well. Uh they have Connor Reedy at short, another veteran senior there. They have Joe King over right. at uh first base, who I believe is yeah. a senior but was on the J V team last year.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh Joey McCardle who smacked a two run inside the park home run against Bourne. Good ball player. Uh, very good ball player there. And they have Riley Thornell who's like uh, one of the top rated uh, kids in his class, I believe he's a junior yeah. in New England. Like He's like a top 200-ranked kid. Uh, really? Yeah, he played on post-220 post, post 220 last year for the Wareham team. Oh, so okay. Did Jared Westgate, so they, you know, 220 and 188 yeah. decided what the uh, District from? 10 Wareham. Oh, okay, all right. That's why he's 220. 220 Warham,
1: is Wareham, post, yeah. Post-220. I get that, but what's the post over in Barnstable? I uh, have
0: 187 or 194. Uh, yeah, the... I wish they would just call those them their names. Yeah, you know, it'd be so much easier. Yeah, but but this is a team that has a lot of baseball experience, and it's a little different because when you talk about uh, Upper Cape Tech, you know okay. they don't have these feeder systems that they can rely on or say, "I know I got this kid coming in two or three years." Yeah, they're but they pull from a very strong baseball market. Falmouth, Falmouth, born. born Wareham, sandwich, Mashpee's not in there. No, Mashpee. Those kids end up at Cape Tech, which is right. Yeah, which is, is odd. Shame. Right? That's a that's a different. But you know, Wareham again, very good baseball town. Born has its history. Falmouth has its history. Sandwich has its history. Yeah. So they they kind of can pull all these pieces together, and it turns out to be a pretty good product more often and, than and not. And the
1: funny thing is, is that the kids that they
0: end up with,
1: you know, you. It used to be that the tech schools would be where kids who didn't quite fit, they, like the oddballs, you know, from mm-hmm. you know, 20, 30 years ago, those were the kids who were going to tech schools. And now the tech schools have really raised their game in terms of what they offer scholastically. And they're drawing in some really
0: good athletes who... Well, I think it's also just people realize that they don't want to be strapped to student loans. And if you can get a absolutely. job right out of high school and start contributing to the workforce and, you know, society at a yeah. younger age, I mean, you're and all the better for it. You
1: know, I'll tell you, that upper Cape, you, I hear it from coaches all over the place where like, yeah, how much would he help us if he was here instead of a tech, right. you know,
0: so. Yeah, the, the running joke with <coughs> uh, one of my favorite basketball names, uh, Billy McCooch, is that he always says about whoever, I think he brought this up about Jaden Greenleaf a couple times over at CCA, is that I wish he was a plumber.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wish he wanted to be
0: a plumber, then I'd have him on my team and it would be great. Yeah, know? exactly. Uh, but so it's kind of the opposite thing. I wish that guy wasn't a plumber, right, for every uh, absolutely. Mashpee head coach, born head coach. Yep, there you go. Uh, but I think that puts a bow on it. Um, we're going to have a lot of crossover this year, like we mentioned with Bourne and Sandwich playing some games in lacrosse. Born and Mashpee. Born and Mashpee. Upper Cape and Mashpee, which has turned yeah. into a great baseball rivalry over the a- last few absolutely. years. Uh, Mashpee a- actually... Uh, Outed Upper Cape in the first round of the tournament last year, and they had that amazing walk off uh, in yeah. Mashby last year. That yeah, was, was right. Comeback game, right? Yeah, exactly. That uh, was that. It? I think it was also in Bourne. I think they put, played two very close regular season games yeah. as well. Uh, so a lot of good stuff going on here. So we'll be crossing streams left and right here. Uh, this will be good, good stuff uh, in the season moving forward. I got a weird look from Rich on that one. That, that joke didn't land as well as I wanted it to. <laughs> Uh, but great weekend. You'll find us somewhere, probably with uh, our heads spinning somewhere uh, on a field this well, spring. Come Sunday. Say hi. Sunday night, I'm just going to be glued in front of my TV watching WrestleMania. There we go. That's a beautiful thing. You got a prediction. We've got a minute 30 left. Who wins?
1: Uh, give me Becky Lynch. In the main event. Yeah. Kofi Kingston will beat Daniel oh, Bryan okay. uh, for the WWE. And I think Brock Lesnar will beat uh, Seth Rollins for the
0: Universal Championship. Okay. Those are the big ones. Uh and quick. Kofi Evans could be the first African American Kofi uh, Kingston. That's right.
1: Uh he would be well, The Rock, you know, he's, ha- he's not it. Yeah. He's, he's half it he would be the first, Hawaiian but he's actually it. from Ghana. He'd be the first African born champion. Now, there we go. So also, uh Netflix recommendation. The Legend of Cocaine Island. If yes. you haven't watched it yet, you have to.
0: It's crazy. It's crazy. And that's a great thing to end a high school sports Doesn't podcast. matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it, it, it is a story that everyone will enjoy. Don't do drugs, folks. Have no. a great weekend.